Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today joined by uh, somebody making her second appearance on the show, which makes her, you get a free sandwich at five, um, but, <laughs> but you, uh, it does make you a friend of the show. Like you are now a part of that elite, elite group. So congratulations. I'm officially a friend. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like MySpace or yeah. is that friends or Facebook? Anyway. I think yeah. that was top cool. eight, right? Top, like top, yeah. MySpace, you yeah. had a top eight. I got probably not like, in the top eight, but. The ninth person goals. was always really angry and they extended it to 12 <laughs> and the 13th person was pissed. Uh, yeah. 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 But no, yeah, I would, I would say. You know what? You got you got top eight status in terms of uh, at least for right now. Friends, next time I friends look, of the next show. time I look, I'm going to be about you know be dropped out, but that's fine. <laughs> Forgive you. Um, that is Miriam Swanson of the Southern California News Group. She is a columnist over there, um, on the verge. You know, just a couple months away from celebrating a full year in that role and in that capacity, and and that is um, a lot of like that's going to start. And, uh, you know, what, what we're going to be talking about here, um, what it was like to cover the, the, the Lakers and the Clippers kind of at the, at the same time, um, differences that you noticed there, where the Clippers might be going, where you think the Lakers might be going, all of that good stuff. But I actually wanted to start with, and I know this is a Lakers show, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I also love golf. So, um, I, you know, just, just, uh, you know, deal with me here for a second, but, but the, you wrote about, um, the, the live golf thing with the PGA tour, the PGA tour, basically telling its players, some of whom you know, passed up on hundreds of millions of dollars in the name of loyalty to, uh, the PGA. Um, and only for the PGA to turn around and be like, actually, we like those guys, their, their <laughs> checks clear. And, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I obviously, you know, you wrote about, you know, the, the, that, that transaction and the way it was handled, which was a disaster, unmitigated disaster. But, um, the thing I, I like now can't stop thinking about is like, I felt like yesterday, a lot of the other commissioners across the, across American sports were looking at the PGA, like, thank you. I appreciate that. Because now they have an excuse. Now they can say, well, look, everybody, there's other people accepting their money. Um, this is a huge revenue stream. We see it uh, across, you know, soccer, football, and 
in uh, Europe. Um, how long till we start seeing? Do you, do you think we start seeing Saudi Arabian money and 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 you know those kinds of questionable funds make their way to the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and 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 whomever else, whoever else. I mean, I, I don't know if I could put like a time stamp on it, but um, I mean, I definitely, I, I'm with you. I think it's a matter of time. Um, yeah. Because why wouldn't it be if there's money to be had and, um, you know, the, the big businesses are going to, big business, right? They don't really yeah. have any quibbles about that, really. Um, and like the thing I wrote about, like sort of like the hand wringing and the rhetoric coming out of the PGA tour for the last couple of years about how awful, you know, the Saudi Arabian thing was. Yeah, um, I don't was, think that was changed. Purely, no, <laughs> no. And, I don't think it, like all of a sudden they are not awful. <laughs> no, obviously, but they never actually cared. Like they didn't yeah. care at all. It was just that was that was their strategy to try to diminish their rival um, and didn't work really. So, you know. Yeah. Cause so they, now they're like, Oh yeah. You know, pay, pay no, it's, you know, I had a friend once who was telling me about a conversation he had trying to convince someone to help him out with something. And, you know, I think the way he put it was like, please pay no attention to my ulterior motive. <laughs> just like, that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of how it, you know, whatever you hear, I, I, whatever you hear corporations kind of take up a cause or, you know, talk about doing the right thing or how much they care about humanity or whatever. I just, I'm pretty cynical. Yeah. Well, I think that's how we've been trained. Right. Um, one of my favorite lines historically is like, find me a cynic and it's an idealist who had reality beaten into them over years. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and um, yeah, it's just, you know, watching this all go down and watching the PGA tour basically like rally around loyalty to the history and, Loyalty to, you know, the things that we care about and the things that we hold dear only to turn around. And and I mean, that essentially feels like a negotiation tactic, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, how much more money that they had to uh, that, that the sat the, that the live tour had to put up to essentially take over the PGA Tour. And, you know, now they're saying, well, we have more seats at the table and still going to remain a version of the sport that you have loved over the hundreds of years that you have followed golf. But like at the end of the day, if if you know what we're what we're finding out is there's just too much money for all of these capitalistic entities to just turn down. Like there's that does and and uh, it it might they might do so initially to some you know applause here and there, but you don't you don't pay the rent, you don't pay the bills with applause. Um, and and yeah, I. I you know, the NBA likes to consider itself very socially conscious mm -hmm. and, and, but it's still, it has, you except know. when it comes to China and you right, know, right. That's how exactly. dare anyone say, you know, go pro democracy protesters out loud. Yeah. Cause they right. just bring the whole league to its knees. So like, yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. So I, you know, for, for yeah. those who, you know, are, are, are paying some attention to the live tour and the PGA tour, I'm just, you know, I, we're, we're both here to warn you, this mm -hmm. is coming and it's going to greatly impact the way that the league operates. Like we, we've seen what Steve Ballmer's presence has done to the NBA, right? Where those kinds of deep pockets have other owners there saying, Hey, we have to put into place, um, essentially legislation that handcuffs 
the highest spenders because if they are not handcuffed, they are just going to continue to spend. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, the people who would be potentially buying into the league only have deeper pockets. Like there, it's just, it's the, the type of money that we're talking about here is overwhelming. And I do kind of wonder, you know, uh, if we, if we continue to, to expand macro on this new CBA that is, uh, you know, still being negotiated and kind of leaked out and goes into place somehow this summer, um, that, you know, has the second apron that makes it so that, you know, teams can't, take in more money in trades or hard caps. If you uh, take in a certain more money than 110% coming back in a trade, all of these things that basically say like, yeah, the, the big money spenders here, if you are going to spend that way, it is going to be that much more difficult for you to put together a team. And yeah, I, I, you know, it feels like kind of a, a, uh, a soft launch, of rules and preparation for what could be coming years down the line is I know Adam Silver was there in his, in his office, looking at, at, at the PGA tour, like finally, all right, cool. We got to start getting ready for this. This is coming. It's, it's happening next. It's a smart analysis there, Anthony Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that before. That was weird. Um, but, but no, uh, yeah, facts. It's, I, I absolutely agree with you. And, and, um, but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's obvious that that's where it's going to go, but uh, yeah, how the NBA responds with its guardrails and stuff. It's uh, I guess that's part of the equation too. Um, I don't know. I, at, at this point, I don't, I don't love the idea of sort of like, you know, tying the hands of owners who want to make their teams Me good neither. in the right way. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah. How, how have you, you know, from, from your contacts that you still have from your reporting with the Clippers, how have they responded to this second, second apron stuff? Because I had Jake Fisher on the show last week say that the Lakers essentially have marching orders here. Do not go above that second apron. Um, whether that's because of the luxury taxes and, and how much more expensive it gets up there or because of the handcuff, uh, you know, handcuffing that, that, that takes place once you exceed that number, it's going to be around a hundred and, 90 million in total salaries is I think what that apron is going to be set at. Um, Jake said that the Clippers are just kind of looking at it like, you know, it is what it is. I guess we'll just pay more and make do with whatever the rules tell us we can and cannot do. But, but have you heard anything more specific on, on that front and how they're going to approach this? Um, I'm, I'm failing you as a guest, but no, I don't really have anything more than what I've, what I've read. Um, yeah. And, and that, and then just, just knowing them and knowing that they, you know, this is the goal is to win and, and that hasn't happened yet. So the goal is still to win. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I would be shocked if they really started like counting, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, you know, count pennies or whatever. Um, yeah. I guess it's not pennies, but you know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of pennies. But yeah, no, I, I haven't done much reporting on that um, in the last few weeks. But um, yeah, I, I guess we are going to find out very soon. But just yeah, the, the nature of them and of, of Steve Ballmer is not to uh, cheap out. No. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because, you know, and I wrote about this for Substack that it's not, if it was just cheaping out, if it if like, if not going above the second apron was because you get taxed at a higher rate above the apron. Right. I would say like it is obscene that the Lakers right. are, are like are, are saying yeah. like do not right. go above that number. But it it does you know you look at every week or so or every few days or so we see some some new rule that you cannot do certain things above that apron, 
And I'm kind of wondering that the Clippers are this very analytically driven, forward thinking organization. I'm kind of wondering if they're looking at it like we have to get to 189.99999 million dollars so that we are still, you know, spending as much as we could possibly spend, but still free to do whatever we have to do to build out this team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I would, I would assume that's what they do. They'll, they'll go, they'll, right? They'll push it to the, to the limit. But I mean, people like Bomber are not stupid either. They're not going to just waste their money, right? So, yeah. Um, um, I would assume. I don't know. I don't have any money, so I don't, I don't know what I would do if I had Bomber. <laughs> I would totally waste it. I, Me, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it has to make sense. Um, yeah, I, it, it's. But yeah, the idea that you can't, you know, build out or keep all your own pieces around because it's going to become prohibited, you know, uh, financially prohibitive financially. um, That's, you know, it's not good for the Clippers, not good for the Lakers, not good for anybody. um, Yeah. Except for the teams that aren't trying to. Good for like the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The the people don't don't plan on like spending that much anyway. So, yeah, um, I don't know. But yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Know. I wish I knew it. I, I wish I had a quick had an inline, <laughs> line yeah. devolver to ask it. But um, I, I think Jake's right. Just knowing them, like they're gonna they're gonna keep trying and, and but be smart about it, of course. Are they are they committed to Kawhi and Paul George? Like it, at some point, you got to stop playing the same song, right? If nobody's dancing. So far, they seem to be. Um, whether they should be, I don't know. Um, like, are these guys ever going to be healthy when it matters? Can you depend on them? How, you know, there's so many questions. Um, ha- having these two injury-prone guys and the, the the same player around them, like, in a million wings around them, that, or, you know, not maybe <laughs> yeah. need to diversify a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think they have a lot of questions. As far as, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I would trust Kawhi and PG to to take them across the finish line next year. Yeah. Um, they haven't done it yet, and they can't seem to stay healthy, and which sucks, you know. I mean, that's injuries are injuries, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I. But so far, they like there's been no signs that they're ready to give up on their their two one three. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. They bring in Russ, and, you know, initially there's some bumps in the road, right, as you figure out how to play with Russ. Um, I enjoyed watching from afar them try to figure out how to make that work. But I think eventually they kind of did, though. Like, I think eventually... Well, it, it helps, to be honest, that he started playing well and Paul George wasn't playing anymore. Yeah. You know, like, Russ has the third piece, as, as you know, there in Lakerland... Is not ideal, um, yeah. but when you need, when you need, like in the playoffs, when it was just him and a bunch of guys around him, like that's that's a good situation for him. But yeah. him trying to slot in 
between Kawhi and, like if, if they both had been healthy the whole time I don't know if that would have been like you know what what exactly we would have seen from Russ to be honest yeah I the 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 Russ thing is is interesting I always thought and I think the fairest way to analyze Russell Westbrook as a Laker was that like it was a clunky basketball fit made impossible to deal with by the $47 million that he took up on your, on your, on your books. And mm-hmm. it made it impossible for the Lakers to supplement him with the kind of talent that you need to overcome the clunkiness there. Mm-hmm. And with him on a minimum though, um, right. you, you know, more he, talent around him, more pieces around yeah, him. Yeah. You, you had, yeah. The, the Clippers, for all of, you know, for all of the jokes that I, I make about them, and I make plenty, but um, they are in an insanely deep roster. That's why they are going to be as expensive as they are. Be, you know, they have name after name after name and solid player after solid player after solid player that you can kind of massage rotations and massage combinations on a court that bring more out of rust than the Lakers were able to get out of them. It seemed like Ty Lue really enjoyed the, the Westbrook experience. It seemed like the Clippers organization, you know, mm-hmm. seemed to really enjoy it. So, like, are we going and, to see? And Russ seemed to enjoy it, too. So that's He did. He did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for him, he gets to pursue all the counting stats he wants. Like, that's, that's, that's like, you know, exactly the, the type of life he wants to live out there on a basketball court. So it sounds like, you know, we might get four games, hopefully, of – Paul George, Kawhi, and Russ going up against, you know, this Lakers team that kind of got their crap together and now is they're coming off of the Western Conference Finals thing. I feel like like the, the last time you and I spoke, it you know, one of the things that we talked about was how the league had kind of moved off of the Lakers-Clippers thing. They stopped trying to force this rivalry, right, air quotes around that. And now, though, like this, both teams look like they're going to be pretty good. You have the Russ storyline and how much animosity—I guess I'll call it animosity yeah. for lack of a better term. I think that's fair. <laughs> um, that is shared between him and the Lakers fan base, and and the cold embrace that you kind of see between him and LeBron. I feel like the league can kind of start leaning into Lakers Clippers a little bit more this year. Yeah, I mean, if if Russ is back with the Clippers, I mean, I, I don't know how much they're going to pay for him, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think he but wants I also a think, minimum contract. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sort of TBD. But if but if he is, um, you know, I guess the one thing that Clipper fans really loved about Russ is that he just came. And you know, you guys know this. Like uh, he was beyond the the counting stats. Um, he came and he plays hard. You know. Yes. Yeah. And um, like when you're used to got a couple of your 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 normal stars who, um, you know, load manage and you know, don't play if there's, if they're not like hundred percent, seems like, um, yeah. to have a guy that just like, you know, hell bent and playing with fury and playing with energy and just, you know, trying to will, you know, you're a, a team that's shorthanded to victory. You know, I think there was like a nice shot in the arm for that fan base. Yeah. I, I've always thought that like the Clippers fan base was, um, really interesting in that like a, a lot of the the friends of mine who were clippers fans back when i was a kid mostly were as such because they hated lakers fans right that lakers fans were so obnoxious that there was a lot of clippers fans who were just like i just don't want to be that 
Like, mm-hmm. I, is there a different team that I can root for that doesn't make <laughs> me look or sound like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they, they, they had a couple of runs or whatever. Obviously, Donald Sterling, like, they were never going to be competitive so long as he owned the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Ballmer, though, takes over. And, you know, there's a real, I, you know, insane excitement level with him on the baseline there. But, like, the investment <laughs> that he is making on in, in this team, building that, that arena that he is, um, trying to build up this brand the way that he is. And like Clippers fans, I think, have gone from we don't want to be not Lakers fans to no, there's an identity. We just have to try to figure out what that is. And I mm. feel like Russ Russ is the identity that like they always felt like they were mm. ready to embrace, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and and you know, they the the whole like uh streetlights over spotlights thing, right? Mm-hmm. That that um brand uh that that marketing strategy it works if you have somebody like russ who plays every night and put you know competes his ass off every single play mm-hmm. in, in a way that is very clear if you're watching from home mm-hmm. um it doesn't necessarily work with with the load managing duo that they kind of well at least Kawhi. um and and yeah, i'm, I'm kind of yeah yeah i mean i totally yeah and i think you know like just Kawhi and pg are just like mellow dudes like they're not like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know they're just they're just kind of quiet cats who they're not you know they're not like that the you know it's a grit and grind you know dogs right like the yeah um like the Pat Beverly or Trez or are, are you making you know, the case Lula. to bring in Dylan Brooks is that um, is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yes because he's a great quote absolutely yeah. <laughs> please somebody bring him to LA um, <laughs> and then if you want a rivalry with the Clippers whoo. Um, yeah, that would, yeah, that would yeah, be a shot. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think like th- that is the right, that is the identity that they kind of, you know, they've done market studies and, and it tells them that, that they appeal to like those, but t- I always kind of felt like, I know a lot of Laker fans who mm-hmm. are <laughs> like the, real LA are like your husband, too. for example, right? Oh my <laughs> gosh, yes. <laughs> Here we go. Not him. He doesn't care. He's his own thing. But I, I remember, like, once upon a time, like, talking to Kobe, um, being at a practice where the, there was a scrum, and I didn't go to a lot of Laker practices, but there was, like, it was like a post-practice, and Kobe was there, and they were talking to him about, like, Laker fans, and he made a comment about, like, er, er, about t- Lakers tickets and comparing Philly, somebody comparing Philly fans and Laker fans, and, and he's like, oh, no, we got hardcore fans here, too. Um and they're like, yeah, but your tickets to games cost, you know, astronomical amounts of money. And he's like, well, those aren't like, he's like, yeah, those are fans. But he's like, the real fans are, you know, the people who can't afford to get in games. And yeah. he started talking about seeing guys with his tat- his face tattooed on them. He's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember I, was, I, yeah. I remember I was I was at a Lakers Celtics game. It was the Christmas after the Celtics beat the Lakers in the finals. And um I think I've told the story before, but I'm, I'm, uh, back then I was, I was, you know, freshly into college. So I had to scrum up every penny that I had to take me and Jen to this thing and deal with her parents and my parents being super angry at us that we were not spending Christmas with the family. And so we go to this Priorities. game. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it, it's, it's, it's taken me all the way to, uh, 2000 miles away from my family. Um, so, so, so we um, we go to this game, 
in the Celtics, I don't know if, you know, if those listening or you remember how that game went, the Celtics were winning in the first half. They were, they were up by like nine, 10, maybe 11 going into halftime. So I'm going to the bathroom and there's this line of, you know, hardcore upper level fans, right. That, that, uh, we're all there in line. Everybody's pissed. You know, everybody's just like on their phones, like talking to their beers, just really pissed at, at the way that this game is going down. I can't believe we're losing to this team again. Mm. And this Celtics fan walks out with this bright Celtics green jacket, starter jacket, super loud thing. You like the kind of jacket you could hear when you walk, right? That mm. kind of that kind mm-hmm. of material. And he's coming out of the out of the bathroom and he like props up the the jacket, holds it up, you know, puffs out his chest. The guy behind me, by the way, is the biggest cholo that i have ever encountered right and i grew up in el paso so like i have seen the 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 mexican devos like my entire life i've i've encountered that person this guy's behind me and i and and where the guy behind me was positioned he the the guy walking out of the bathroom puffed puffed out with a celtics jacket couldn't quite see him so he comes around the corner celtics fan is is talking all kinds of crap i again we're this is why we are who we are, and you are who you are, and we have the all-time titles, da, da, da. and the guy behind me says real calmly, he goes, hey, man, if this was a Dodgers game, I'd have kicked your ass already, because I can <laughs> go to a bunch of those. But I saved up three paychecks to be here, and I do not want to get thrown out. But please pipe down. Celtics fan just absolutely shrinks. So, 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 like, yeah. When when Kobe talks about like Kobe talks about like hardcore Lakers fan, they certainly exist. But, um, but yeah, like the, the the Celtics brand kind of appeals to to that that and then some. I think is is the kind Clippers of who fan. they're pursuing. The Clippers, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so, like the the the, yeah. the 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 Clippers brand is really pursuing that type of not like that specific type of fan and like the violence or anything like mm-hmm, that, but just mm-hmm. like that kind of passion, that kind of hardworking. Absolutely. L.A. That is, L.A. Ab- that is absolutely yes, that is absolutely like when when Steve Ballmer talks about his new arena, like he wants to fill he fill it with noisy, raucous, um, passionate fans. Um, who aren't like too cool to cheer and aren't aren't there to be seen, but there to you know make noise. Um, yeah. But they and use toilets. And, and use <laughs> toilets. <laughs> I can't believe how much they talk about the toilets. It's, I know now everyone else talks about the toilets, but they ask for it because they don't shut up yeah. about the toilets. And <laughs> just why would you do that? Like stop, stop talking about. <laughs> I mean, look, if, if there's something to be proud of, uh, branding yourself with the, the toilet team is, is certainly one way to go about it. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to talk, talk about the experience, though, of, of being a columnist. Um, you know, you were on the, the Clippers beat there for, for a while, and that is certainly its, its own experience, its own kind of identity, I think, that comes with that. And then, you know, how do you, how do you go from that to you know, writing about both teams and, you know, you can't avoid talking about one kind of without comparing it to the other and, and LA sports and sports in general is, is this kind of really unique community where you have so many transplants who all like buy into that sports identity, mostly because the teams tend to be pretty good. 
Um, so what was, what was the experience like in, in, in this role for, for going on this, this first year of yours? Wow. That's a good question. I haven't like sat down to think about it. Cause like every week is like a new week and <laughs> oh my God, what's, what's, what's happening this week. And let's, uh, you know, try to learn as much as I can. It's, it's a lot of learning all the time, learning like what's the, you know, um, cause I was definitely like in a Clippers bubble for four years, or I guess Lakers too. Um, it's in a little NBA bubble here for, uh, for four years. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's kind of nice to, it's a nice change of pace to learn about other things and think yeah. about other things, um, beyond like waiting for the Clippers injury report to come out every single day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but it's been fun. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, I was a little part of me was like, um, is it going to be weird after trying to be sort of like a, a neutral reporter for so long to, to insert yourself and your, your opinion into things. But it turns out it's not actually that hard. Um, Cause you, you know, it's, it's like pervasive, persuasive, persuasive writing, I think, I guess is, is yeah. how I kind of feel like what I'm trying to do. Like, um, but um but they sure give you a lot of things to to think and feel and have opinions about. So it's it's not it's not that hard. Is that notion of um, you know removing yourself from your reporting? I feel like over the years that has subsided quite a bit. Um, you know, when I when I when I first started doing like blogging or any kind of podcasting or anything like that, you did have like the hardcore. You never cheer in the press box. You never use, you know, you, it, it's, 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 uh, it, it was, it was a lot more, it was a lot more formal, I think, um, and, and rigid when it comes to offering up an opinion in, in that. But I feel like with the success that blogs have had and the success of like national voices, you know, you have Bill Simmons with like the biggest, um, show in the country. Mm -hmm. And he refers to the Celtics as we, right? Mm -hmm. That like, I think over the years, one of the things that I've really noticed in, in, you know, sports reporting is more injection of opinion. Did, did you start to see that too? And did that kind of help with your evolution into this role? Um, I mean, yes, obviously. Yes. Like starting, you know, Bill Simmons sort of changed the game in that regard. Um, and then, you know, obviously the, the wave of blogs and, and, and kind of fan driven coverage. It's all Harrison's um, fault, right? Like, you know, we can say it. It's always Harrison's fault. Um, exactly. Yeah. That guy. Worst. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think that the, there's obviously like lots of room for that and I'm a fan of so much of it. Um, but I also think that, you know, there should also be space for as much of the objective coverage as possible because if like, I think, journalism's one superpower is that it's trying to just kind of get to the truth of like th that kind of journalism is, is trying to get to the truth of something and not so much it without, you know, uh, trying to insert one opinion over another, you know, to try mm -hmm. to kind of evaluate Tell the story through fact. Yeah. Just kind of here's here. I will present it all as, as, you know, accurately and fairly as possible. And you reader decide, mm -hmm. you know, and, and and you, you know, um, that's kind of going away everywhere. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Ironically, that was another... Fox News's tagline, right? We report, you decide. <laughs> well, yeah, which <laughs> obviously, well. was, yeah, that was kind of like a PGA tour about live. But um, yeah. 
<laughs> we'll say one thing, but that's not really what we're. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, as far as it's, ha I don't, I don't know that. Maybe, maybe it influenced how I write now, but um, I've kind of taken it. I don't know. I, I that's a good question. Maybe, <laughs> but really, <laughs> I think just I, I think all the columnists I've read my whole life probably influenced me more and just sort of like thinking about how to it's it's a whole new way of writing for me and it's just like that's fun yeah it is it you know i i've i've tried to you know have my foot in both lanes um with with you know i am i'm not i'm not a journalist i'm not journalistically trained i was a english major at cal state fullerton and took like two con classes in order to become a teacher. Right. And, um, and still though, like, you know, there, there are, there do seem to be through this experience, there are some like rules that you just like, you know, you, you learn over, over your time in doing this. And I've, I've also noticed that those rules have gotten more and more loose and flexible on some of this stuff. And, um, it, to bring this conversation full circle, and, and I, I legitimately didn't mean to do this this way, it just kind of happened, but with like, with what's happening in, in the PGA Tour and with Liv and with the potential or inevitable influx of money from Saudi Arabia and from these questionable places, right, as it's already arrived in the NBA with, um, you know, Josai owning the, the Brooklyn Nets and all of the ties going back to China and the impact that that has had on the way that the NBA kind of exists. I, I, I cannot agree with you more um, that that objective journalism is really, really important. And yet I just keep seeing chinks in that armor over and over and over again, kinks in that armor um, over and over and over again, as, as like people have realized actually this job is a lot easier to do with access and people aren't really granting access unless I, you know, cover them a certain way. And I, I yeah, I, I'm, you know, without, I, I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus because like, you know, I would never ask that of somebody else, but yeah. I, I do you have any thoughts on, on, on that in like, mm. you know, as how everybody is going to deal with this as it is arriving on our doorstep faster than I think anybody can really kind of wrap their heads around. Um, in terms of covering sort of like <laughs> really yeah, rich like, money coming into the um, NBA well, and, and yeah, I, I, all right. So here's a hypothetical. Okay. Here's a hypothetical. So the the Lakers used to be the richest organization, like financially richest organization in, in the league, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and they they still do have that money printing machine in the back, but like. The Clippers now have five of those. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, if, you know, you know some uh, Saudi Arabian monarch or whatever comes over and, and offers $10 billion to Genie Bus and the Bus family to buy the Lakers, and now all of a sudden we are covering that team, like how, how, how would you approach handling all of that? Because it, it gets tricky real quick. I mean, I guess you would just, you would, I would have to see how they present it, but um, I mean, you cover it like you cover an NBA team. Like, I don't know why yeah. it would 
like you're covering the sport. I mean, if you're covering the, the business, if you're a business writer covering the business of it or a sports business writer, you, you would do that. But um, I mean, you know, it's the, the NBA's policy on China and what you can say about China and Hong Kong doesn't change how we cover the sport. Yeah. Right. Um, however, you know, we, Donald Sterling was plenty problematic for a long time and you covered the Clippers losses the same way you covered <laughs> the Clippers <laughs> losses. Anyway, right? Yeah. right. Like um, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, there will be situations that arise, I'm sure, but, um, I don't know that it, I, I, I don't know. That's a good question, but uh, <laughs> I, I legitimately don't know either. Like it, this yeah. is honestly a train of thought. I don't know yeah. how I would handle that because I was literally messaging back with Harrison back and forth today with Harrison. And, you know, I don't know how we would, how we would handle talking about that and, and, you know, figuring, and my hope is, and by the way, Gene, like this is purely hypothetical. I've never heard even a whisper that Jeannie would consider selling under almost any circumstances, but everybody right, has a number, right. you know? And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's something I, I, I can't help but think about. And I apologize for just kind of springing yeah. out on you. I mean, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I know. I think it's interesting. I mean, and it is a good, good, you know, sort of like thing to mull over because like you it's said, happening. I mean, eventually it's going to, it's going to happen in the NBA. Um, but you know, where, you know, the rest of the sports world is, is continuing on under that vein. And like, I think that that's what would happen too. But of course, I mean, you would, that would be part of your coverage. I mean, you would address, I mean, that would be a huge story. And so you would cover yeah. that story and, and however, whatever arises from then you kind of pull on the thread. But um, as far as like the day in day out, I mean, an NBA team would still present all the usual NBA team stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would tend to think so. You know, the the conversation some of the conversations would be slightly different at least initially, but I think eventually you you just and that's the and point. Yeah. That's why that's why they're doing for, this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like for better or worse, and like the, that brings up sports washing and all that, right? Like normalizing yeah. and you know what what would be you know other issues of you know, human rights abuse otherwise. But um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Me neither. I think that's a good place to end this thing. <laughs> we Sorry. don't know. I don't we, know. No. I, I gave you like no, no concrete answers on anything. But um, <laughs> I, I can tell you there will be a lot of toilets. The, 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 <laughs> you probably already the, knew that. Yeah, the, 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 whoever buys the Lakers there and, and Steve Ballmer just compete for who has one more toilet than the other entity. That, that's, that's the rivalry that, that we need to see. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Miriam. Well, it, it, it did work that you had brought up that it brought you to a story about um, the, the, the line and <laughs> the Celtics fan. So waiting yeah. for a bathroom. See, that wouldn't happen at the Into a Dome. You wouldn't have had that moment. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. But that's a, that's like a an important part of my sports identity. So does Balmer really want to take that part of my sports identity away from me? Might have to rethink. Make, makes you think. Um, again, you can find all her stuff at uh, the, the Southern California News Group, where she is a columnist here and doing really great stuff. Um, I've, I've enjoyed all of the, the columns to this point. And um, I, I haven't read, I'm sorry, I haven't read the, the PGA Tour one quite yet. But um, I plan to. I hope you guys do, too. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you very much, Miriam, for making time. And we'll talk to you soon.